For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Yes, 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 ladies and gentlemen, this is Lorenzo Elvis Murphy. This is T25CL.com, Galaxy Talk Radio. This is Compton Politics. We are live tonight. This is a hot subject tonight. We talk about prison reform, prison abuse, things that goes on inside the prison. You're going to have um, a very important scholar that knows about the inside and the outside of our prison around the nation and probably all throughout the world. Uh, he's an educator. He's a dynamic person. Uh, I'm first want to give it to T25 first, CL.com, Galaxy Talk Radio. This is Lorenzo Elvis Murphy. Uh, I had a great weekend. Uh, it was wonderful. Um, I actually did the parties out there, went out and su- uh, supported the AIDS Walk with Kaiser Permanente Hospital. Uh, it was, man, it was over hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. I was in the first wave of walkers, which... It was so hot out there. Uh, it was just hot, ridiculous. I mean, I want to read. I want to quit. I really want to quit. It was a six-mile walk. The Compton Politics was out there representing like we were supposed to. It was an honor for me to be out there. Uh, it was all different types of celebrities. Uh, Drew Kelly was out there. I was surprised seeing him out there supporting. Uh, it was just a great thing, you know. And that's what Compton Politics is about. It's about supporting the movement of different entities of need that needs assistance to show support. So um, I'm not going to let this time waste any more time. We have a great guest on tonight. His name is Kenneth Abraham. Um, he's from about out of Delaware, and it's an honor to have him on here. He knows a lot about the prison system, what's going on, how it's happening, and why it's happening. And I think he has a lot of answers to a lot of problems, too. Uh, hello, Kenneth. How are you tonight? Hi. Good evening. I've got you on the speakerphone. Can you hear me all right? Uh, yes, I can. You, uh, you sound loud and clear, buddy. Okay, great. I'm doing well. Thank you. Counting my blessings. Well, my oh. standard response, response to that is pretty good for an old fart. Anyway, uh, yeah. Um, can I kind of pl- introduce myself just to sure. say my name is Ken Abraham. I had a nonprofit these days. My nonprofit is called Citizens for Criminal Justice. I encourage you to join our Facebook group page, Citizens for Criminal Justice with Justice All in Caps, and check out our website, www.citizensforcriminaljustice.net. There's a lot of good information on that website. So, my background is I'm a very, very lucky guy. I've been blessed with lots of success. I'm a former uh, prosecutor, defense attorney, teacher, entrepreneur, uh, businessman, uh, prisoner, drug addict, convicted felon, and homeless person. Uh, so it's been an interesting ride. Um, I'd be crazy. You can ask me, by the way, feel free to interrupt me and ask or ask me any question at all about any problem in the criminal justice system. I have been immersed in these issues for the last nearly nine years now, and that is when I first saw what went on in our prisons. Uh, my, my, my story in a nutshell is I lost everything to cocaine 
uh, about eight years ago, over eight years ago. You can't pay me enough to touch that poison now, thank God. Um, but uh, it's with no small dose of shame, regret, and remorse that I tell you I stole money to buy more and went to prison. I cannot say I shouldn't have gone to prison. Uh, I did wrong, and I should have. I uh, should have been out in less than a year. But when some uh, guards in there saw what I was up to, trying to get some of their buddies arrested, who need to be arrested, uh, and had filed one lawsuit, they succeeded in triggering my five-year sentence. So they kept me there totally illegally, unlawfully, for four extra years in an isolation cell, uh, during which time I learned as much as any lawyer in the planet, uh, on the planet, excuse me, about civil rights issues, prison abuse, all these, uh, any related issue, uh, studying like crazy, talking to everybody in sight, et cetera, et cetera. So, as I say, when I first saw what went on in there, what got me started on everything I'm doing now, which is too extensive to mention in great detail, but I'm a busy, busy buckaroo, helping a lot of people, I'm glad to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not to start by addressing prison abuse. It is the most common, serious, the most serious, the most damaging, the most widespread, the most destructive, the most ignored problem in the entire criminal justice system. I, today, I've talked to inmates who've been in prison in virtually every state at this point or their family members and friends. Today, I've been out for about three years now. Uh, raising as much hell as legally possible about the criminal justice system is the way I put it, and suggesting solutions because I, I do know what the solutions are. I'm so old, folks. I remember when the criminal justice system worked well. And by that I mean justice almost always was the result. You know, if you did the crime, you did the time, a reasonable amount of time. The, the, prison, the prison abuse issue has always existed, existed for decades. I'm not the first one to raise cane about it. I won't be the last, and I may not get much done about it. But we're starting to see some small progress, thank God. But the rest of the system, in terms of, of uh, trials and courts and punishment, et cetera, fairness almost always was the result. I've seen it go downhill, and I know exactly why it did, to the tragic, just plain crazy, chaotic, dysfunctional uh, state that we see today in courtrooms all across the country. Back to prison abuse. I, mean, I, have a, I have a question for you. Yes. So you actually saying is so you sense a lot of dirty cops in prison? You know, dirty correctional officers that's that's like set up artists that's that's trained to keep you oh, in yeah. there, make you do things. It, to... yeah, that's right. It's entrenched. They've been getting away for for decades. Getting away with it for decades. That's the, the whole problem is no accountability. Justice I'm writing a book, it's slow going. But the book is about, I hope to live long enough to write two. First one is about what goes on in prisons, and just as bad is the massive indifference to it. And the massive indifference is a massive mistake. I name names, name judges. I can't wait for it to hit the fan. Uh, otherwise, respectable, competent people, uh, prosecutors, federal prosecutors, who ignore what's going on in the prisons. It's just as bad as the problem itself. I hope to live long enough to write an autobiography after, after this one. This one focuses on it's a it's a conspiracy of cover up. You know, they think nothing of making up lies, uh, concocting these false reports. I'll tell you tell you what they did to me in a nutshell. When they saw saw my letters going out to the FBI and to the press and to some people I knew like uh, Joe Biden, Tom Carper, 
our, our Delaware's uh, senators, representatives, a couple of guys I know who used to be attorney general, uh, the U.S. Department of Justice, the state prosecutor, the head of the state police, the FBI in Washington, the local FBI, they intercepted uh, my letter to the newspapers, threw it in the wastebasket. And when they, when they got a wind of what I was up to, they got, I was in the treatment program, so-called treatment program. You don't want to get me started on those either. What a total joke. <laughs> but, but, yeah, where I had access to the law library. And the first thing I did when I had access to the law library was type a three-page letter to the FBI explaining the situation, asking for a federal investigation uh, to investigate the pattern practice. Uh, pattern practice, and there's another word. I just went blank for a moment. Um, a policy of outright uh, 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 criminal conduct inside the prison, and named several specific instances, et cetera. Well, I saw all this going out. I, I talked to other prisoners, told them what I was up to. I was naive, you know. Although I had a very active uh, criminal uh, trial practice, I only had two clients go to prison, and I got them both out. Both out. I'm not bragging. It's just just the fact. So yeah. I knew, I knew, I saw I didn't really know what goes on in the prisons until I saw it. Well, so they got me out in the day room. I, I, I should have been out within a year. My sentence was five years suspended for completion of this program, so-called program. So the expectation was you do the program, so-called program, got to put that in there, uh, you go home in a year. Well, they got me out. They took, so when they saw what I was doing, it took them 20 seconds to go on their little computer and see what, they sentenced, what my sentence was, five years, suspended for completion of the program. They knew exactly what to do. They knew if they could get me out of that program, I'd do my five years. They'd trigger the five-year sentence. Right. They got me out in the day. And it's a long story. I'm going to try and just make it short. Cut, handcuffed behind my back, little scumbag in a law enforcement uniform. And by the way, I will say, as prosecutor for five years, I was prosecutor for five years, a defense attorney for about five. Then I moved to Florida and went into business. Long story there, too, but. <laughs> I, had the of, I, I had the privilege of working with many fine law enforcement officers. These guys are law enforcement officers, uh, but they're these scumbags who break the law daily are a disgrace to law enforcement. They're a disgrace to the hundreds of men and women who go into prisons all over America and do their jobs properly. But this little scumbag in a uniform named Lieutenant Patrick Smith, so-called mm-hmm. lieutenant, yeah, with a so-called sergeant standing next to him, Sergeant Michael Bryan. Nobody else around, mind you. They had the whole place locked down. Heaven forbid there should be witnesses. I'm handcuffed behind my back. He takes my pen out of my pocket and says, Oh, look, you tried to stab me with your pen. Well, again, I was naive. I never, never imagined that I wouldn't be able to get anything done about this. So I said, at first, I chuckled. I said, you must be crazy. You'll never get away with this. Just as calmly as I'm talking to you now, by the way, you, you'll never get away with this. this and I, this is after I had explained to them that I saw the empty uh, envelope of a letter I had addressed to the Wilmington News Journal, the, the largest uh, newspaper in our state, containing this three-page FBI letter, the empty envelope in their wastebasket. Well, that's when they pulled this, oh, look, you tried to stab it. I said, you'll never get away with this. This is why God made judges. This is why God made federal courtrooms. And, and the first words out of Smith, so-called Lieutenant's mouth, were, I don't know if I can, I can't say it on the air, but I quote him often uh, in my writings, ain't no little something sucker in a robe going to tell me what to do. 
I thought, well, I said, well, we'll find out about that. And then, and then, of course, uh, the so-called sergeant got on his little walkie-talkie radio thing, thingamajig, called in the secret code, and the goon squad comes rushing in. You know, quick response team is what they call it. They look like these guys from Star Wars, you know, the helmets, the shields, the gloves, the body armor. They all come charging in. Uh, but not before Brian said at one point, you know, when Smith said, uh, yeah, we'll see about that or something like that. They, he, you know, they had a big smirk on his face. And then Brian referred to the judge as a, as a F-head. I mean, this, is, this, this sets volumes for their mentality, you know. But they knew what I didn't. You know, you, you have, I hate to toot my own horn, horn, but I was a better than average trial lawyer. I will say that. You ask my clients. So I knew what to do about this. I had to file three lawsuits. I'm trying to make it short. In the four years, the next four years, when I had was in the isolation cell, I had to file three lawsuits. I never filed a lawsuit on, on my own behalf in my in my life, and I was 60, 60 at the time. I'm 68 now, uh, you know. But I, there's no because there's no other recourse. The whole grievance process is a joke. Right. Uh, anyway, the, the courts, the federal courts, otherwise, as I said, and I know some of these people, and I know and I know the reputations of many others. Otherwise competent lawyers, uh, federal prosecutors, uh, federal judges, they will, they will ignore the law, misstate the facts to make these cases go away. They refuse to acknowledge the very, very serious, and I'd like to explain why it is so serious in a moment, uh, problem of crimes committed by people in uniform inside our prisons, prison abuse, crimes small and large. They commit the small ones. Every day, every single day, stealing property is common. Every time, oh, so the goon squad comes coming in, you know, charging in, and I say, uh, good evening, just like, just as calmly as I say to you now, and they start shouting, shut the F up, shut the F up. I said, no, I don't think I will. So I explained to them what went on. They marched me down to the hole. I spent 10 days in the hole, then two years in the shoe. That's, you know, isolation, segregated housing unit isolation cell. That's the administrative punishment for assault on staff. Of course, right. I had a hearing. What a joke. The case so, law, the law, the law is crystal clear. Not only the Constitution and statutes, but the case law, crystal clear. You're supposed to have an impartial a hearing with an impartial person, you know, an impartial hearing administrator. What a joke. I walked in the room, and, and when I said, uh, good morning, if you'd like to hear what actually happened, I'll be glad to tell you. And, and the lieutenant, I sued him next. The lieutenant sitting there says, Lieutenant Savage, God bless him. May he and the rest of them rest in peace in the near future. He said, first words out of his mouth were, first words out of his mouth were, well, you know, you know I've got to go by these write-ups. Well, you know, he's already telling you, sorry, but I'm going to find you guilty anyway. And that's what they do. You should see the right. This is how. So they have these write-ups. That's a. Uh, um, uh, they're called the disciplinary reports. Different presidents call them different things. And in Delaware, it's a DR disciplinary report. They made up three of them about this incident where I supposedly tried to stab the lieutenant with my pen. Well, you should have seen these things. Uh, the first, the first paragraph of one of them. It was 24 sentences with 14 lies. You know, you got to practice a lot to fit so many lies in so little space. But they're oh so official looking, you know. These typed up reports by Lieutenant so-and-so and Sergeant so-and-so. Well, they made up of so much crap with another person involved uh, who wasn't even there. Let me just tell you this. 
having cross-examined thousands of lying witnesses. The system was so different when I was practicing. I'm a veteran of over, over. I never had a, kept an exact count. I can tell you how many I lost, uh, but I've had over 400 jury trials and well over 100 non-jury trials. I was in court four out of five you know, days of the week, Monday through Friday. Uh, it was tons of fun and this, making the system work. You know, there's a, there's a place and a process for the truth to come out. The place is a courtroom, and the process is a trial. And it worked. It used to work, and I can be glad to tell you why it does it now. Very, very well. But I knew, having examined thousands of lying witnesses, if I could, looking at these reports, if I could ever get them in a courtroom, I don't care how well prepared they were, I don't care how many attorneys they had, I would make, if I could make a plain to everyone in that room, they're lying through their teeth. So, but so, I never got the chance. Never, so, so this is what I want to I'm know. So what did you do? I'm, I'm hearing your story, and I'm hearing the, uh, the process of what's going on with you and, and the things you went through, and I'm just amazed about you being a prosecutor uh, 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 and other things you were, and, and now you – it's kind of like now that you have to, to – the, the tables turn, as you can say. The tables turn to where you really was uh, a, a ride-by citizen. Uh, um, uh, you paid your taxes. You was – you know what I mean? You was uh, – uh, yeah. um, you were supportive of voting, and you know you believed in. You know what I mean? Because you was a prosecutor. You was a that person. You was that person. It was kind of like to me when I'm looking at you. Like I said, this comes to politics, and I just be real with it. It's like they. It's like they saw you join another side. They kind of like knew who you were. I mean, were you a prosecutor either before you went to prison or jail? Uh, they, they, see, I moved to Florida for 24 years. If I, so they didn't know me from the man in the moon. I mean, okay. few, some people knew me and my reputation. Had they known it, I'm not sure they would have done what they did. They might have, but they knew what I didn't, that they could get away with it. I wrote to people who used to, other lawyers who used to be attorney general. Everybody ignored me. Everybody I wrote to ignored me. I even sent an eight-page affidavit, listen to this one, with, you know, stating the facts to the head of the state police, the attorney general, and the U.S. attorney. The feds, the feds are the ones who need to crack down on this. The United States attorney is the is the federal attorney in each state, and some states are so big they have several uh, districts, but they control all the feds, the FBI, the DEA, ICE, Customs, you name it. So they're the ones who can really prosecute the heck out of these guys. Anyway, and, and, and they knew me, you know? Well, no, so a couple of them knew me, but they all ignored it. Uh, I swear to AP affidavit saying, listen, please charge me with a crime. I mean, they said they tried to, I tried to kill him with my pen. This is serious. Charge me with assault. A first degree assault, some degree of assault, because I knew it would be the quickest way to get their lying butts in a courtroom. Uh, you know, it's not over. It's over. But you, you know, I was ninety nine percent convicted. You know, I said I knew how to improve their lying, but I never got that chance. So, but here's so here's what here's what you can do. I can tell you that right now. See, I'm out. They did this to shut me up kept me illegally in that isolation cell for four years. Well, I took advantage of it to the best I can. The law library ignored most of them. You don't want to get me started on law library in the prison either. What a joke. The difference between what the law requires in every respect, in terms of the law library, the prison abuse, the health care, you name it, and what goes on, makes the Grand Canyon look like a crack in the sidewalk. It's just amazing. 
So what you're saying is these but, all the things that goes on the side of the prison. This is what goes yeah. on, you know. And, and what I'm what I'm understanding what you said because I did eight years in prison myself. I was part of one of the the uh, the biggest drug transactions of the United States with the crack era, and I was a part of the dirty cops case with the dirty cops. When we got when Freeman Rick got sentenced, the dirty cops got sentenced. When we went to prison, right. the dirty cops went to prison. I couldn't go to the prison where the dirty cops was at on our case. You know, I'm, I'm listening right. to my story is similar to yours. It's like they tried to get me for escape. They tried to get me for yeah. murder. My, my roommate in my room, they, I mean, they tried to get me for that. I had a fight with a prison guard. You know what I'm saying? He had a gun yeah. on him. You know what I mean? So I'm right. understanding what you're saying. Uh, what I'm going to do, I'm going to give two two five. I'm going to give it to 225CL.com, Galaxy Talk Radio. Uh, uh, content politics. This is Lorenzo Evers Murphy on the line. We got a hot subject tonight. We got Kenneth Abraham. He has a lot of information, but I don't want to keep our guests on hold. Uh, uh, I know you have a lot to talk about, Kenneth, and I want to go to the guests where we won't lose them at all. So I'm going to go to each okay. guest. You know, let, and, let me say this. Uh, let me say this, if I may. Let me be quick to say this. It's not about what they did to me. It's about what they have done and keep doing to countless, countless people largely uneducated, mostly black, every single day. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay, hey, it's all good, man. It's not the politics. All that information, I can't say that information because I wasn't there like that. So it's all good when you want to talk and speak. So don't ever think you're talking too much, all right? Uh, I want to go to the first guest. I think the first guest is on the line with you right now. If they want to come out and say, ask some questions or something, have anything, questions about tonight right now, is that Regina? She's just on hold. Okay, let me go to this first uh, guest. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, I was just uh, listening. Everything uh, pretty much, I, I my sentiment to go to both of you because I went, just went through it this year, and uh, I'm injured, as you know, because of it. Because I was, you know, I was I was brutalized in, in the custody, and I went to custody, and uh, everything you said was the truth. It, it's just really sad because, you know, I kind of think, that that kind of thing only happens to people of color, but it just it just it just says that it doesn't really matter because they, they zero you out. They know people who are not who are there who are not gonna you know uh, go along with what they say and who are gonna fight back. And people that fight back, they will try they will try to bury you. And that means yep. inside and out. Period. That's wow. what I say. It's Here, here's what you can here's what you can do about it. Let me mention this because we have a, this campaign through my nonprofit encouraging people to do it. We say we need a spotlight on on the prison abuse, just like we're finally getting a spotlight on police abuse. You know, with all these outrageous shootings. And thank God for 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 you know cell phone cameras, et cetera, et cetera. But the public is starting to catch on about police abuse. The vast majority of policemen. You can argue with me all day long. I know better. The vast majority of policemen try to do the right thing almost all the time. But there are way too many bad apples, way too many. And, of course, the war on drugs is the main reason for all of this. You know, after 40 years of stopping and frisking people and throwing them against the hood of the police car, you know, it's no wonder the black community is getting a little fed up with it. Good, good God, give me a break. The war on drugs is the seed problem of every existing problem in the criminal justice system. But let me, but I digress. I want to tell you what you can do. So we need a spotlight on, on prison abuse. Federal prosecutors, state prosecutors, judges, they ignore the problem. They refuse to acknowledge it. The only effective thing, and it is effective, and what you can do, you write about it. You write a letter to the editor of your hometown newspaper. 
send it to the 10 largest newspapers in your state. Send it, keep it short. Send it to a couple of uh, national ones, you know, Chicago Tribune, uh, Philadelphia Inquirer, Los Angeles Times, Washington Post, New York Times. Send, send them the letter. Uh, they, they, they may not write articles about prison abuse, but they'll print letters to the editor. And that's where and millions and millions and millions of people read newspapers, either online or in print. Or you can't tell me they don't. And the, and the decision makers and policy makers and these federal prosecutors and judges and people who have their heads in the sand, heads buried firmly in the sand, they read all this to try and, try and generate interest and attention to the problem with letters to the editor. It's the best way to get the word out on any of these issues or any of these subjects. All right, I'll uh, write a letter to Some all papers right. will print them, some won't. But, you know, here in Delaware, it's a small state. But the downstate papers, papers print a lot of my letters. The upstate paper, the biggest one, doesn't touch most of them because they're because they say, you know, I'm too uh, too so-called controversial. Well, I, I tell the truth. Sorry, well, I, I like that. Counterpolitics. Yeah. Like we go to the next guest calling from Western and Southwest. We're gonna go to this guest right here. Hold on just a moment. Hello, this is Lorenzo Elvis Murphy. This is Compton Politics. Who is our guest calling from Western and the Southwest? Uh, this is this is Jean Waitanawati. I'm I'm very familiar with uh, with uh, Ken Abraham. He keeps my inbox full, and um, <laughs> uh, he's a firebrand. Um, I I just want to point out that I work mostly with federal prisoners, and the the problems that Ken is talking about are not just uh, certain states or um, just. Uh, just a state uh, the, the Department of Corrections. This is uh, federal too. It, it's 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 countrywide. Um, it's yeah, the, same thing, the same culture, the same thing. It's countrywide. Mm. Yes. Now, well, fortunately, here in Delaware, we have a new commissioner, the uh, the head of uh, DOC, Robert Coop is his name. He's 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 a great guy. When I heard he was uh, getting appointed, I called a few friends of mine who used to be state troopers. He's a former head of out of the state police. And, and I asked him, you know, is this guy just a, here's another guy to occupy the seat like the, the one before him. I call him Do-Nothing Danberg. His name was Carl Danberg. What a disgrace to everything that guy is. Anyway, I called him Do-Nothing Danberg at a big public hearing in Wilmington when I first got out. And if I see him again, I'd do the same thing. You know, I wrote to him, too. He was the prison commissioner when I was in there. Former attorney general. The guy's a total, I can't say it on the air. But Robert no, Coop, please don't say it on it. Say it, please don't say yeah. it on it. <laughs> well, I asked, I asked him, is this guy getting inclined to do the right thing? And they said, well, yes, Ken, he is. Well, I can tell you, I've gotten to know Commissioner Coop a little bit. Uh, he gave me an hour and a half of his time shortly after he was appointed. Sat down with him, told him what this scumbag Patrick Smith and Michael Bryan did, told him the whole nine yards, told him he's got a, a mountain to move. Um, but he's just one guy, you see. And he, does, and he is trying to do some right thing, and he's, things, and he's implementing some great changes in our prisons. But they're small. These guys, you know, I know what you're thinking. Okay, here's a new commissioner. Yeah, he'll be gone in four years, you know, or six years. At the, but, so, but he's one guy. He's got a mountain to move. His staff will they think nothing of lying to him, making up all these false reports. It's just outrageous, just outrageous. But, you know, the good news is uh, – Occasionally, we do see guards indicted these days. It's very rare, indeed, very rare. It's a, it's yeah. a and it's a it's a thimble of what what they what they do every day. As I've said, um, 
that, you know, for, millions of people know about this. As you said, you were in prison with Mr. Uh, Murphy, Lorenzo Murphy. Uh, there, 40, 45 million Americans have been in prison over the last, since we started the war on drugs. So millions and millions of people and their families know what goes on just as well as I do. They saw it. They had it happen to them. They saw people die from the total neglect of serious medical needs. Don't get me started on that either. But the problem is these people are not, as I said, most of them are black. A lot of them are, are not well educated. Uh, they don't know what to do and so on and so forth. So it's, it's a tough road, but they, but they know and they need to speak out. Somebody right. well, needs I, to get I, I federal, with that. federal uh, prosecutors to prosecute the people committing these. Here's 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 the bad part about it. Hey, 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 hey Mr. Kenneth, Mr. Kenneth, Mr. Kenneth, we've got to go to some more yeah. questions. I'm not trying to cut you hey, off. That's you got hey, a lot hey. to talk about, but there's got to be constant politics. And I got to go by the protocol right now. I got to go to the next guest, man. Mr. Hello, Miss uh, right Good. Hello, this is Lorenzo Murphy. This is constant politics. Who is this on the line? This is Robin Jordan Mills. How are you doing? Hello, Robin Jordan Mills. Do you have any questions for the guest tonight? you got a lot to talk about. I'm sure you have a question for him uh, about the prison. He was just, he was just talking about someone uh, in, in a complicated situation. Can you talk about that? Yes, I have. Of course, I'm, I'm part of 225CL, and I have a radio show as well. And I had a young lady um, send us a text this morning, not text, an email this morning, she went to our website. She has a situation where she has a 16-year-old son who was arrested for, and I'm, and I'm sorry I don't have all the details because she just called me while I was working. I couldn't get everything, but I'm going to talk to her tomorrow. But the fact is, she is in such a desperate situation. Her 16-year-old son was accused of a crime. Um, he was in a wrong, He was at the wrong place at the wrong time. So when everybody went down and got arrested, he got included in the group. When he was taken to jail, um, I guess uh, all his cronies and all his friends was dumping everything, accusing him of being a part of the crime, which he says she says he was not. But the thing is, when she when they took him to jail, what I guess what they call enhanced they enhanced his sentence. At first, it started two years. Right. It turned into five years, and now it's at 30 years. This young man is only 16 years old, and here's a mother crying out for help because there's injustice going on, and she's in North Carolina. So um, she just needs to know what can she do, and I, and I hope that I can even get you on my show on the 21st to help her with her situation. Uh, can I can I go on to comment on that, Mr. Lorenzo? Yes, sir. Yes, please. Okay. Well, you talk about sentence enhancement. Now, that's in the federal courts. They have a point system. I'm not that familiar with the federal system. Uh, most of my experience has been in trial courts and, and, and you know state courts, et cetera, et cetera. Then hundreds and hundreds of them, as I said. But federal system has a point system. By the way, uh, my phone number is three zero two four two three. Four zero six seven. My email address is Ken Abraham K E N A D R A H A M three one three eight at gmail dot com. Anybody can call me or email me with a question. I'll answer it to the best I can. If I can't help them, I can point them to someone who can. Someone who can with that problem 
is a great lawyer I've met uh, through the Internet in the last three years. His name is Jim Irvin of the Irvin Law Firm. I think he's in one of the Carolinas. I just went blank. I want to say South Carolina, but it could be North. Uh, but you can Google him, Jim Irvin, I-R-V-I-N, the Irvin Law Firm. He is an experienced, accomplished federal uh, criminal defense lawyer and damn good at it. Uh, he's familiar with these point systems uh, where they can enhance the sentence. Or maybe you're talking about uh, they charged, uh, made up a, you know, some charge against this kid, assault on staff, said that he started a fight with the guard, some of this nonsense, convicted of him of that to increase his sentence. I don't know. They do all kinds of stuff. So it's hard to tell exactly what the circumstances are. Uh, but let me say quickly, there are lots of bad, lots of reasons why, why prison abuse is bad, bad policy. The main one is, and I saw it in there every day, five years, 1,500 and something extra days. They kept me illegally in prison in an isolation cell. And, and you may see what goes on. They see these, these so-called law enforcement officers, these guards, stealing their property, you know, the, the goon squad coming in, charging in, beating the life out of people for no reason whatsoever. Uh, the other guard dragging an inmate across the floor by their hair. I mean, they see all this crap. They come out of there, and, and they can't do a thing about it. You know, here's law enforcement getting away with it time after time after time, day after day after day. A lot of, even the guys who don't, there are some guys, you know, admittedly, they'll come into prison. I call them hot-headed young punks. Man, mad at the world, mad at the world, want to kill everybody, blame everybody, set themselves. <laughs> but even even the others, they see what goes on. They come out frustrated and mad as hell. We had a case here in Delaware. Two guys were caught. They they were going around at night in an SUV with an assault weapon and at night firing into the houses where they saw a police car parked in the driveway. They get it in Maryland too. Well, they've got sentences in both states now, and deservedly so. But when asked why they do it, they said because they came out of prison mad at cops. Well, wow. you know, there's no, there's no excuse for that kind of conduct. That's not the answer. But I can understand why they did it. And there wow. are millions and millions coming out of prison with the same, the same sentiment. So we're causing more crime, creating more crime. Uh, again, you don't want to get me started on, on all of that, which should be going on in the prisons, and what isn't, which is rehabilitation. But I'm talking too much. I'll shut up again. Thank you, sir. No, no, it's, all good. it's all good, man. I just wanted to get people questions. You know, I like to get people questions. I have another guest on the line. Uh, uh, this is Compton Politics. This is Lorenzo Elvis Murphy. Who's on the line? What are the questions you have for the guest? Thank you for calling. Hello? Hello? Are you going Yes, yes, yes. Who is this calling in? Oh, this is Dr. Murray. Hello, thank you for calling in. Do you have any questions for our guest tonight, Mr. Abraham? Have you been listening to the conversation? I have. Do you have any questions for our guest tonight or anything you want to speak on? Yeah, I do. My name is Dr. Murray, calling from Irvine. Okay, good evening. Fire away. Hi, yeah, I was going to ask you a question about um, when guys are released from prison, or should I say released on, after good behavior, what happens to their educational, like they're, they're able to study inside, right? But when they try to do better right. and they educate themselves, what happens when they get released as far as what they learn, you know, as far as book knowledge while they're inside there? Do you know anything about that? Well, that's a good question. Yeah, yeah I, I, I certainly do. I, uh, 
uh, we need we need. Here's an interesting statistic. I got so many facts and figures in my head; it's crazy. From all the articles I read and people I talk to, et cetera, et cetera. Ninety-six percent of all inmates are coming out. Ninety-six percent of all prisoners. Think about it. They're coming out. They're getting released. They're going to be your neighbor. You know where are they going to go? We need effective reentry programs. And I counsel part of what I do is shelter. Where I went for three months when I was homeless, coming out, I lost everything. I walked out of prison with nothing but the costume on my back, prison outfit I'm talking about, and a mountain of debt and damaged relationships, et cetera, et cetera. But so I, I went to this homeless shelter. It's the best little shelter either side of the Mississippi, by the way. Since and I volunteered since I've been there, but now they've hired me. Uh, through a new grant they got, I helped them get it a little bit. Uh, but so they hired me to to counsel people in reentry, and I do that every day, officially on their Tuesday mornings and Friday mornings. Uh, but I spend some a plenty of other time there too. So I see these people with these problems uh, all the time. And then I have my internet, my nonprofit on the internet. On top of it all, phone calls. I talk to people like you, uh, the lady who just asked the question, uh, and and, uh, and their families and friends, et cetera, et cetera. I, the problem, okay, with their, there's so many obstacles to getting, for the ones who want to do right and most do uh, want to get back on track, they make it so, so difficult. Um, you know, you have the stigma of being a convicted felon. Uh, you've got to answer all these the questions on the employment form, et cetera, et cetera. You've got to go to, and listen, and if you're on probation, you've got to go to two or three meetings a week sometimes, many of them. Uh, you know, and you sit there after, and it's not as if, you know, with computers these days, you'd think if you had to do four meetings a week uh, for probation, you'd think they could schedule them all on the same day. But, oh, no, uh, you've got to go to these meetings. And you sit there half the day because it's not like you get there at 830 and they take you at 835. You know, you wait for hours. And then when your probation officer gets to you, okay, you're in and out of there in five minutes because they don't do a damn thing either. But anyway, so it's, it's you know, imagine trying to get a job when you got to tell your boss, well, Gee, sorry, but I need three days off because i got to go to these meetings. You know, it's just nuts. Education. That all studies show that there is a tremendous correlation between uh, education in prison, the ones who get effective, good educational programs, uh, and the lack of and the reduction in recidivism rates. You know, where recidivism is uh, repeating crimes. The recidivism rate around the country, speaking generally, is over 75%. Uh, that means over three-quarters of people coming out are going back to prison. So, the, you know, the result, revolving door uh, within three years for another offense. Why? Lots of reasons why. Not, not the least of which is because they have a hell of a time trying to get a job and do the right thing even when they want to. But there's a big correlation. There was one study out in New York. I wish I could. I uh, can't cite it to you offhand. But the, the result was unbelievable, just nearly unbelievable. Great education program in prison. Ninety percent of those guys who took this particular program and completed it uh, in prison when they came out did not go back. It's just unheard of. And it was 93 or 94%. And any effective education uh, education has a great uh, effect in, re in reducing recidivism. But, but, but that's not just, that's not alone is not. And then, and then the federal system, you know, Pell Grants, P-E-L-L. -L, uh, they used to have Pell, federal money, grants, to, to provide education for inmates, and let them get college courses. Uh, college, this was for college courses, if I remember correctly. That's what the Pell Grants are all about. Or, or uh, you know, a community college stuff, but just, uh, what am I trying to say, technical training, that kind of thing, practical stuff, you know, it'd be, it'd be an electrical 
an engineer, a plumber, a welder, this sort of stuff. It's all, all, all of them vital to being able to get a job. Well, that was cut off years and years ago with the part of, part of the other baloney bullshit get tough on crime mentality. We've seen that that also backfired. So now there's been legislation to reintroduce the Pell Grants. They started it to some extent, uh, and, that, and that's what we need to do. We need to educate people, give them a chance. But you lose these things when you come out. Automatically, you lose uh, scholarships. What's the number? Oh, gosh, as I said, I have so many statistics that I see with all these articles uh, and all the communication that I do do these days. I, I eat, live, and breathe this stuff, uh, trying to help people, basically, and posing solutions just to the system generally. Several hundred thousand people in this country have lost, have been uh, expelled from college or term- had to terminate their college uh, because of, of the criminal justice system, because of an arrest or because of a felony conviction. You know, it's crazy. What, what effect should it have on your education? It shouldn't. It's got nothing to do with it. Just like you can't vote. I can't vote. Uh, can't, in Delaware, after five years, after I'm out of the system, off probation, et cetera, then I can vote. This, 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 again, this varies from state to state, but in virtually every state, if you're convicted felon, you can't vote. In some states, I used to have that breakdown on the tip of my tongue. I don't anymore. I think it's more than 13 of them. It's for life you can't vote. In other states, it's gradually, gradually phased out that maybe eventually you'll get to vote. But let me ask you, what in the world does voting have to do with committing crimes? Nothing. You know, it's just more of this uh, tough-on-crime uh, baloney that it backfired <laughs> and unjust and unfair and out of control. Right, right, right. Ladies and gentlemen, this is T25CL.com. Guys, talk with I got one more guest we got to get to. Hold on just a moment, please. Hello, this is Lorenzo Ellis Murphy. This is Compton Politics calling from Central Pennsylvania. Who is this on the line? This is Kenneth Abraham on the line. Also, what is your question to the guest? Hello? Special guest on? Are you going to say anything? Okay, I guess it's person that's kind of silent today. Uh, this is what I like to do. I like to do right now. Uh, I like to give it to 225CL.com, Galaxy Talk Radio. This is Compton Politics. This is Lorenzo Elvis Murphy. Um, I'm so happy about tonight. Our guest tonight is, I mean, he's an expert about what goes on in the prison, what went on outside the prison because he was an expert outside the prison also. Um, now he understands what uh you know what the system is about and he want to come out and he want to help the world help the society to understand and uh, and and guide a person in the right direction when they need assistance um we have a uh, have an announcement to make that we have and we have dr murray from irvine uh she's going to have a new show uh it's coming up on t25cl maybe i can find Rosalind uh later on i let her speak on her show in about a couple of ten about ten minutes uh right now it's about eight twelve and uh I guess you know he has a lot to talk about and I like that I love that so what I would want to do is uh this is what I do I'm gonna open up open the forum early because uh all I'm asking for is gonna not gonna be any cussing. Let's respect let's respect each other's uh, uh, if you hear somebody talking, just trying to like, you know, let's take three steps back and let them talk and ask the questions and let's not try to cut each other off or whatever. I know it's going to be the hit of the moment because this is about prison and issues and, and, you know, a lot of people got a lot to talk about, but just gonna, I'm going to open the line right now so everybody can hear and talk at the same time because, uh, you know what I mean? Let's just be respectful. That's all I ask. 
you know, you know, it's no wrong answer, there's no right answer, but it is something to talk about. Right. It's something politics and uh uh the guests you can start off, you know, uh and just like I said, this is open forum now. So let's just yep. be respectful and that's all I ask. This is Compton Politics, Uncle Murphy. This is Ken Abraham again. I want to say a word about the war on drugs, which I mentioned earlier is the cause of every problem in the system. And it is. We all know it's a total, it's, I call it the most costly, cataclysmically clearly failed policy in American history. We all know it's a total failure. You can put me in any town in this country, I can get wherever I want in terms of cocaine, heroin, pills, you name it, but in 20 minutes, 10 minutes. Uh, you know the neighborhood in your town where you can do the same thing. It's a total joke, total waste of over $55 billion a year. All it does is keep our prisons filled and give people criminal records. Uh, here's the problem that it's caused, though. It's caused all, every problem. The main one is it's clogged up the courts to the point that nobody has time to do anything right. Not the judges, not the prosecutors, not the public defenders, nobody. Uh, it, you, you know, it's terrible. Here's one stat said statistic, 95%, as opposed to 96 of all felony cases end in a guilty plea. They stack on charges, scare the hell out of you, because if you get sentenced, you might do a you know, lifetime. The bottom line is 95% of men in a plea. Think about it. 20 minutes, bam, you're done. The judge doesn't have enough information to sentence accurately. It's one reason we see all these wild, crazy sentences. One guy uh, beats the hell out of some woman and rapes her, uh, and he might get uh, four years uh, or probation. Uh, there was a case here in Delaware, got a lot of press. A uh, guy raped a child and got probation. Uh, similar, same people, uh, same crime, similar background, similar criminal record or lack thereof, does the same crime, they might get 40 years. You know, it's not only crazy and unfair and unjust to the individuals and families getting hammered by it, but it's, it has a profound effect of undermining and eroding confidence and respect in the whole system and in law enforcement. Uh, when, I, when I was prosecuting, as I said, I was in trial most days of the week. There were no statistics kept at that time as to the number that ended in a guilty plea, but it was damn few because the process worked well to determine the truth. The case, the courts are so clogged now, they can't go through trials. Uh, judges rush cases along. They, they pressure uh, people to settle. They pressure people to plead. The whole system's a train wreck. It's a train wreck. And it's just, you got me started. Got me started. It's all good. It's all good. It's the war on drugs, and there is an alternative, and we're starting, by the way, I'm a guest member, I'm a member of the Speaker's Bureau for LEAP, Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. It's a great uh, international organization of uh, former cops and prosecutors like myself, active ones, a couple hundred thousand of them by now, who see that drugs are bad. Nobody knows that better than I do. Uh, but the war on drugs is worse. So we're against prohibition because uh, it makes no sense and it doesn't solve the problem and it wastes people's lives and it wastes valuable resources. Here's another interesting little fact. And it distracts police from what they should be doing. You know, let's solve some of these murders. The shootings across the country, again, because the victims are mostly black and poor, you know, if, if, it, were, if it were middle class white people, the son of the judge, the son of the prosecutor, the daughter of the uh, 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 you know, of the school teacher. Well, change the law. Then change the law. We we see these things changing overnight. 
But it turns out, like they did the crack era. That's the same thing they did in the crack era. They, once, once the crack got to hitting the rich neighborhoods and hitting the rich people, then they started changing the law. But long as we were That's smoking right. crack, long as we were smoking crack in, 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 in our communities, but the fish, uh, it was okay. But when we started buying buildings and, and, and car washes and all the cars and all the uh, yep. lines and on and all the record labels, we were living above our means. So, you know, yeah. And that, yeah. Yeah, the answer to drugs is treatment, not, not prison. It's got no business in the criminal justice system. And you look at Portugal, where, where they've had uh, uh, treatment for 14 years instead of prison. You know, crime rates down, addiction rates are down. We're starting to see it in the four states that have legalized marijuana. Uh, the use of pot is down. Yeah. Arrest rates are down. Addiction is down. These people, addicts, it's wicked stuff. I'm telling you, I know. I know. Crack cocaine and heroin in particular, wicked, powerfully pernicious poison. But it hijacks your brain, I'm telling you. It overrides your brain, all it makes you want more, and you do all kinds of stupid, illegal stuff to get more. You know, all, but all right, all right. Yeah, so they need treatment, effective treatment programs, at a fraction of the cost that we're wasting locking people up now. You, California's got a program that's been working for 15 years, at a fraction, about a quarter of the cost of prison to give people treatment. And guess what? Most of them are good to go. They don't go back to prison. It works very, very well. We need to spread that across the country. Here's a statistic. But since the war on drugs got ramped up, late 60s, middle 70s, early 80s, it was wildly out of control. Let's get tough and do this and that and everything else, which didn't work and backfired. All these mandatory minimum sentences, et cetera, just crazy. The percentage, the percentage of murders solved, solved murders, has gone from over 95%. When I was a prosecutor, over 95% of murders, generally speaking, across the country were solved. Today, it's down to 46 or 47 percent. Rapes, same thing. And rape is a crime of violence, by the way. It's not just, oh, having sex. It's a terrible, terrible crime of violence. Uh, rape percentage solved is down from 92 or 93 percent, which it used to be before the cops got distracted with uh, locking up every Tom, Dick, and Harry for a minor drug, nonviolent drug offense, and the mental ill. You don't want to get me started there either. Uh, it's down to... 41 or 42%. It's a tremendous waste of police resources that should be spent, uh, you know, devoted to solving crimes and preventing crimes in the first place. Right, Excuse right, me. right. Yeah. That's right. I agree with all that. You know, like I said, this is Captain Politics. This is Lorenzo Evans. This is T25CL.com. You actually talk radio. On, I got all the lines open. I'm sure people have some more questions and stuff about, you know, uh, what he's t- what he's talking about is anybody familiar, um, Doctor Mary? Would you like to conversate about what your show is about coming up? You know, I mean, just for a moment. Okay, thank you so much, Mr. Lorenzo, Doctor Mary. I have a comment and also have a statement for the guests. Uh, yes, we um, I'm going to start a um, the name of my show will be educating the next generation. And when I say educating the next generation, it, it goes into my question for your, your guest. Um, I think about um, young kids, young kids um, that start off in school that get in trouble, uh, whether it's um, expelled or maybe something in the community, they do things wrong at a very, very early age. And I'm not sure how many parents or educators, I'm sure we, we think we know, but I have a question. What age is it really prevalent with the young, 
boys and girls where they start picking up a record outside of the school system? When does that start? Is it is it sixth grade? Is it fifth grade? Is it fourth grade? Or is it based on the demographic of the area? So, yeah. I, well, it varies, of course, but generally speaking, sort usually in the mid-teens. You know, you're talking about the school-to-prison pipeline. Uh, it's another yes. national disgrace. Teenagers, Supreme Court has recently recognized when they made it uh, unconstitutional to to convict a juvenile and sentence him to life with no chance of parole. It said you can't do that. And the reason is that our brains are not fully developed until we're 25 for some people. Somewhere between 22 and 25, your brain is fully developed. Before that, it's not. And it's one reason. Uh, one reason, it's not the only one by by any means, uh, you know, that teenagers and we act a little rebellious and rambunctious and, and so forth, uh, uh, but, but it, it, teenagers uh, should get education and counseling. They should not be thrown into the criminal justice system. That's for sure. Our youth, uh, it's, it's, a, it's another national tragedy, great tragedy. Well, uh, I, I want to say before I leave, um, Mr. Lorenzo, um, yes, my show it will focus on educating the next generation. And what I'm seeing a pattern right. of kids not wanting to go to school for whatever reason and then getting in trouble with the law. I guess because I want to change how we hire teachers in America, what can we do in the school systems to, I wouldn't say enforce, but entice or maybe encourage these young, uh, young men to, you know, because everybody's not, I'm sorry, everybody won't go to school. Some some kids will go to vocational. Some kids will get training. What can the systems, the school systems do to kind of change how we educate this next generation? Because we have you to might, change. We can't do it the way we've been doing it. You may want to find out what interests those children rather than forcing everybody's yes, opinion on yes, them. Yes, exactly. that's exactly, exactly. What, where I was going. That's exactly where I was going. What is, what, what, how can we bridge their interest, whether it's music, whether let's it's try, cooking? Well, well, music is always should have been in the school, but let's start with history. Teach them their mm-hmm. history so they'll know who they are, where they came from. Mm-hmm. Right. There are all kinds of aptitude tests you can give them, too, so they can find out what their interests might be. They don't need an aptitude test. They need to learn their history. Yeah. <laughs> You know, one component, when I say legalize, regulate, and tax all drugs, people say, oh, no, you must be crazy. Well, they don't know the facts. It works. Everywhere we've, we've done it, it works. Every way, any statistic you look at, there's, it's a benefit. The, the benefits far outweigh the harm. But education works. You know, for, for, for addiction and drugs, which are terrible, national, national plague, we need to provide treatment for those already hooked, and we need to provide education, effective education. I give a talk, uh, um, what uh, the dangers of drugs, what you should know. It's a combination of my experience and how drugs work on your brain. Effective education works. You know, look at cigarettes. We need to have, what does is, what is a egg in a frying pan tell you? Nothing. What does just say no tell you? Nothing. We need to explain to people uh, what can happen and why when you start doing drugs. The Montana Meth Project did it very well. Uh, still doing it well in the places where it exists. It's real people telling their real stories. You can tell from the anguish in their voices, you don't want to do drugs. And it also explains how drugs work on the brain. Uh, basically, uh, you look at cigarettes. You know, the cigarette companies lied lied to the public for years and years and years. And But then, then they had to settle. They got forced to spend billions of dollars with all the warnings that we see now and we're so familiar with. Well, 
from 2002 to 2012, the percentage of teenagers who started to smoke was cut in half. Cut in half. Education works. Effective education reduce the, uh, the the number of people who start to use drugs, provide treatment for those currently using drugs. We change the world big time. I agree. I agree. And what I think so also, um, you have to show what I've been doing like the last, what, 15 years, uh, what good kids do, you have to show them a successful person or a successful situation. Uh, you, really have to right. show, you have to show them a, why is why it's so important to be to do this, to even go to get that, to do that part, to get that, to get that, to be that. And you might even be able to what you want to be. Because I wanted to be a fireman when I was a kid. I never became one. I became something else. So it's like a lot of things we have to explain to these kids that's right. Like I was listening, uh, I was just listening to um, uh, uh, the Farrakhan speech when he just said, it was my first time hearing him speak, and he just said something. He said, and it made a lot of sense to me, and he said this. He said, I want you this year, and don't go spend your trillion dollars on Christmas. I want you to tell the truth to your kids and tell your kids that, I bought your Christmas gifts for you. Me and your mommy went to the store. We worked hard to buy this for you. We're going to stop lying to you. See, that's what I'm saying. It's not just teaching them in the schools. It's about teaching them the righteousness and the history at home. Everybody. Go ahead. Starts with the parents. Starts with the parents. It's hard to get a good education. It starts with the parents and it starts with the school. Because nobody wants to hear about what drugs are going to do, find out what's really going on with that child. Maybe that child is hungry. Maybe they're not living right. Maybe their parents need some help, and they're not getting any help. Maybe their brothers are too too big and and, and and not old enough to get a job and were pushed out of the nest too soon. But everybody wants to talk about drugs and all this illegal stuff. We don't want our children educated on that stuff. Try teaching them their history. Try helping them and find out what they need, what the problem is. If It may not even be that child. It may be that child hurting because their parents can't make ends meet. But nobody cares about homelessness in, in, in the United States, about what somebody's doing in their bathroom. And that's a problem for America. They don't respect people. They don't respect people. You know, the evidence to take a child to work day and all that, they need to have more working people coming to the schools. You know, here's Miss So-and-so or Mr. So-and-so. Uh, they went to this school. They just they sat in that seat just like you did. And look at them now. She's a nurse. She's providing for her family. She's got two kids. They're doing fine. All this kind of stuff. And you know what a nine-year-old kid that's angry because he's hungry, because his mother didn't have enough to take care of him, because his mother didn't you, you know what that kid's going to say about that that you're telling him? He's going to be like, I don't want to hear this. And he's probably going to skip school. Yeah, they don't want to hear, don't, don't hear, don't, don't want to hear that everybody else is doing good when they're doing bad. Well, now you bring in someone who, who came from a household just like they did, and they, they can succeed. Look, I did uh, not come you, from you, a household you, you like that, but I have been dealing with these kids. So you're right, and the neglect of the homeless is another issue you don't want to get me started on. Uh, you know, when we help them, we help well, ourselves. Excuse me, excuse me, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Retired Judge. I did not come from a home like that. Like I said, oh. I have been dealing with children, dealing with these problems, teenagers and adults. Yes. Well, we're talking, we're talking about office. We're talking about office. Whoever he is, he's talking about 
uh, someone came from a home like that. I did not come from. I hate it when people assume just because you know what's going on, you came from that type of environment. But look, this is talking politics and this open farm, and everybody's not born around what everybody's been through. Everybody's from different stuff. So whatever somebody speak about is because they never deal with what you deal with. You never deal with what they deal with. So right. we've got to be open. We can't be like on this, on this uh, you know what I mean? I got you, but you got to understand everybody's not from the same place. Everybody's not going to think the same thing. Every day who come from the very background she's described. Every day. So, you know, just come. Yeah, and, and, and how, many, how many of those people have you changed their lives? Have you actually helped? A, a darn good number. We've got a tremendous success record. You give them the resources they need. Listen, you know what makes a tremendous difference? The lady with the most successful re-entry, knowing that somebody cares. You listen to them. You listen to them. You got them in the great direction. You provide them some resources that, where they can help themselves. We have a tremendous success record, turning their lives around. Happy and, that, and, that, and that would be the core answer right there. Listen to them. Find out what the problem is. Not shove, not shove politics down into they shouldn't be on drugs. Maybe their parents are on drugs. Maybe this. No, don't assume that everybody's a criminal on drugs. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I, I must say, let me just say one thing. This country politics, this is Elizabeth Elvis Murphy. Uh, I, I, I don't know if you heard the conversation way from the beginning. You, I, I, I've just been real. I think you came in like on a, the like a forty percent of the conversation. So uh, uh, the guest I got on tonight, he's a he's a fighter. He's a he's a he's a forefront runner. He's a. Okay. I'm just saying. You know, yeah, but it's but it's time to change, change the way people think. You know, I'm, everybody thinks it's it's a, it's a war on drugs. It's a war on what's going on in people's minds and people's homes. But you can't trespass and shove the fact that there that those problems down the throat because that's just going to make the problem worse. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I agree, but everybody has their own way and their own power. So that's when you come together. That's when you come together on that type because without negative, they're like a car battery. Without negative and the positive, it ain't going to work. So this is all perfect right here. You feel what I'm saying? I just want to take it to the next level and get something out of this. What can we do from this? What can we get from this? We're not going to be suffering anymore. We're suffering, but we got to worry about these babies that's coming up that don't know what's going on, that don't see what's going on, that don't feel it right now because we don't want taking all the pain. We don't want taking all the pain. So we have to be as careful about how we conduct ourselves with each other because the kids are watching us. The kids are watching us on how we treat each other, black, white, brown. Right Right now we're dealing with the most violent generation ever, these kids, because they're hurting at home and in school. Yes. Anybody else want to speak on any of this right here? It's open forum. Hello? Yes, yes, yes. Hello, hello, hi. Yes. Hi, this is Gina. Yeah, I wanted to say uh, the problem with children, it's, you know, I was having a conversation with um, someone last night. Uh, my plan of action is to, to direct and have have mentors. What we're all missing are uh, the fact that there's not really a lot of parents able to stay at home. We don't, you know, in this, the whole problem is way bigger than our children. It's way bigger than us. 
it's 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 because of the binding and the hard times. See, most parents have to work. My mother was a working parent. She was away from the home. I was a working parent. I was away from the home. And then you have latch latchkey kids. I was one. My my kids were latchkey kids as well. So that means we were at home a lot. Uh, nowadays, grandparents are raising the kids because of drugs. You got to understand when drugs hit in the in the 80s, uh, a lot of a lot of things went out the door. We have been manipulated and systematically programmed to do nothing but argue about things that we can be working on. There are so many other, you know, I mean, it's it's for, it's, it's bigger than the prison situation. That's just the money thing. Oh. Them. That's, you know what, the GEO, GEO group, which I'm quite sure Kenneth probably knows, I did a lot of They're a private. The All of them are private. I mean, and you would think, mm-hmm. I've asked a lot of people, which state, I'm asking Mr. Kenneth if he knows, what state has the most federal prisons? Uh, I'm not sure uh, offhand. Could be Colorado. Florida. Florida. Prison problem is a problem as it affects the uh, affects society in so many ways. Millions of people growing up without parents because they're in prison. Think about it. You know, it's yeah, a, yeah. it does tremendous damage. Tremendous yeah. damage. And this Proposition yep. 7 situation is nothing but a joke. You have to understand that they make these, I mean, hey, you know, I'm going through it now. Lord's already know. You, I mean, they make it very difficult for you. I mean, you being, you know, being whatever the case, you had met plead out. You might have had to plead out because I was like, Kenneth, I was trapped in there. I was in there for 30, 32 days. If I would have not played out, I would have had to go against a trial with people who were not my peers. I had people, I had attorneys and people in there. For, for some other matters that were in there, in my case, I had to win a margin against, I mean, you don't even, under, a district attorney that was crooked, a district, the, the deputy district attorney that was crooked, and the DA. So, you know, right. it, it, it's nothing, it's nothing, it's nothing, I'm telling you, it's nothing that I have not experienced. It is very shocking, but you know what, it was, it, to hear that Mr. Kenneth went through it as well, being an attorney, and he still was treated that way, Yes, they will lock you away for a long time. And they're planning on locking our children away for a long time. So we have to really start arguing about stuff. We have to stop, I mean, really, we have to start mentoring to these kids. I mean, my program that I'm coming with, it's going to be way surpassed a lot. See, everybody is trying to put a Band-Aid on the situation, and a Band-Aid is just not going to solve it. We're going to have to one by one have one person teach the next. Everybody says each one teach one or whatever the saying is. That's where we have to be. We have to teach, and that means respecting each other, respecting ourselves, having our children respect each other as well. I mean, children are. I mean, having them curtail that their, their language. I mean, you can't you can't turn them back into the old days of the village to whoop you, but you can sure enough have your children have some manners, have some respect. And what about some of these homeboys and homegirls that don't work all day? Why can't they sub for parents? Parents just don't really have it. And, and why haven't they designed something where a parent can have complete control with the parent? Parents can't come to PTA meetings like they used to. They're at work at 6 and 7 o'clock in the evening. So why don't they design something where the parents, instead of the parents at school calling saying, well, they're not there when the parent is not at home. That's how we got away with a whole lot of stuff. If you know the parent, if, you, if the school calls, you're not there, the parent's not there. So um, in other words, you, you, you just ditched and got away with it. So we have to start watching what our, where our children go, who our children's friends are, and what That's they're right. doing. Put them in, in good activities. And also, too, watch their dress. Because you are what you just like. Everybody can't get mad at the fact that people are being slain because they look like they're gang members. Well, you know, I know it's a fad. 
It was just like <laughs> everything else. A fad comes and goes, but that fad is very dangerous, and it, it kind of alerts the police. You have enough problems already just by your skin color. That's it. That's it. We I'll have to them there. We can't teach them to rebel because rebelling ain't going to get them nothing but dead. That's right. We need more We have a church reentry program. Helps prisoners a lot. Uh, it's just common sense. Get them in a positive environment, a good environment, listening to the word. They might even get in a type of habit they like going to church. We need to see more kids in church. Yeah. Give them something instead of getting them in gangs because you trust and believe you have people out there who would love to put. I saw, I saw an older dude jumping, three boys jumping a kid in some years ago. And, I mean, it was all I could do. I mean, an old guy looked older than me. I said that those kids were there beating on the other kids. I mean, you, you have to understand the world is a very wicked place. And if you don't have to take control of your situation with your children and your families, you're all going to lose. So we need to sit down and talk about it. We need to come to terms, and we need to let everybody speak their mind and put everybody's collective ideas together to try to get this country for us back, at least get it, get it somewhere. And that's, and that's it right there. We have to try to get control to get this country back, and we can't do it without resources. Okay. Our children are our future, and we need to we need to give them the resources and the guidance that they need. Again, the whole education system is nearly as bad as criminal justice system. It's a train wreck, not working well at all. Sorry no, to say. No, no, it's just modern-day <laughs> slavery, man. It's modern-day slavery, and it's, it's hitting everybody. I, I, I really appreciate all of you guys coming out here to speak on it because, I mean, you know, it takes us to be able to tell the others. Like everybody's at home looking at empire and carrying out cases, we need to be starting to sit down at the tables and talk about some real stuff. You see, that stuff that they're displaying that our children is not what we want. It's not the apple pie. It's not the American dream. Of course not. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is T25CL.com. This is Galaxy Talk Radio. This is Compton Politics. I'll tell you what. This is Murphy, and I'm just excited about tonight. Our guest tonight is Kenneth, Kenneth Abraham. Uh, he got it going on, man. He even came with some heat tonight. He got it stirred up, but I'm loving it. I'm loving this heat. Everybody participating. I just want to thank everybody for respecting the, the motherboard, not cutting in, no foul languages. Uh, 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 Ken, um, you know, I'm going to be cutting off about 8.45. Um, I'm going to let, you know, I'll let the chief speak, you know, if you come on the line. I'd like everybody to say a little, you know, they shout out what they want to do. Uh, who they are, we can get in contact. I would love everybody to connect with each other. That's what content politics is about. Uh, Ken, I want you to go ahead and you know give out your information how they can contact you, who you really are, what you really do. Uh, 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 we're just gonna make it happen like that. It's your turn. So just content politics. This, ladies and gentlemen, this is Kenneth. Kenneth Abraham. Abraham, call me Ken. Three zero two four two three four zero six seven. Three zero two. Four two three four zero six seven. Busy as I am, I'm never too busy to take your call. If I'm on the phone, I'll get back to you. I will return every phone call. Uh, go to our website. I'm telling you, you can learn a ton of information about the criminal justice system, including what you can do about the problems, at www.citizensforcriminaljustice.net. Okay, thanks. God bless everybody. Thanks for your participation. And as I say around here, make it a great day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anybody next? Anybody next? Anybody want to just say anything? Cause, uh, you know, I... Yeah, I'm, I'm just, like I said, um, it, a good show. Good things came out of it. And, uh, you know, I appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate people coming together to speak on the things that, they, that they're coming with. I've been working very, very hard myself 
you know, because it's been driving me. It's driving me more and more every day that I know that I have I have uh, an idea and I have a way of doing it just from being on both sides of the, the coin. I've been, I'm in. Hey, Lorenzo, uh, I, I, I'm sorry I get heated about these subjects, just the subjects, but let me tell you. It's all good. But we, if we can get ourselves, we can get ourselves some architects on here. Yeah. I'll show you where I'll show you where to get that money to get yeah. all these programs off the ground. Yeah, you know what? The I'm starting, man. I'm I'm telling you, man. I I I I really I beckon everybody all over the world. You know what? You like me? You've been through struggle, and you're trying to come out like all of us. All of us out here have been through it. And you know what? It's that's what it takes. It doesn't take any finance, no rich people, no spoons in the mouth, nobody trying to get these funds for us. It takes us to get these funds. It takes people who struggle because people want. We have empathy for one another. We've been through the struggle, and this time we're not going to lose it again or let anyone take it away. Of course. We need, we, we need some architects, and uh, we get the architects on the road, on the on the line. I'll show you where to get those grants to get all those programs up and running. No. Hey, hey, let me say something real quick. Hey, Mary, Mary, that's Regina. Regina, that's Mary. Regina, Mary, that's Mary. You That's my business partner. Thank you very much. About about the uh, the money thing. Remember, I was telling you about that. Oh yeah, yeah, the money thing. Yeah, everybody right now is. is, uh, I'm kind of like hot commodity right now. So. Yeah, I'm feeling it. Yeah, everybody wants me to do their five or one C three, but I'm like focusing on mine. Lorenzo knows. Yeah, it's everybody is trying to get that hundred hundred million dollars, but the case is, you know, they can't come to me for it because I'm I'm about the people and the money is gonna be for the people and only for the people of and that's course, it. Of course. Of course. You know Lorenzo, what I mean? But yeah, it, it's not yeah. even suffice for them people, so Lorenzo you you know I'm I'm going through stuff right here with, with, with exactly what they're all talking about. I'm still helping people with this underground railroad to help pe- deliver people from all of that. Get some yeah. architects on the line that are willing to do work pro bono until those grants are able to be spent. I'll show you where to get all that money. Oh wow! Oh wow! Wow! That's a, that's a beautiful thing. Wow! That's a beautiful thing. He's designing my house right now. I'm sorry, say that again. He's designing my house right now, my my neighbor. He just go to USC. He's a top architect right now. He told me anything I need him to do, he'll do it. We get that architect. We already have a grant writer. We're on the road. We we go yeah. on the road well, to get those funds. Not just, not just for me, not just for you, but for all of us and all the people that that man was talking about. And 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 this woman that you know is helping these 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 young folks. Oh yeah, you know? oh, yeah. oh yeah. You need to get. That's why I was just saying, Regina. This is Mary. Mary. This is Regina. Because yeah. you know yeah. what I mean. Because yeah. there's some powerful stuff right there. You know what I mean. That's why. I, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, I'm, so so I'm a little I'm a little short when it comes to these conversations because it, it infuriates me. Because still helping people through this struggle right now, and the resources are not there to get this thing. Where, where we can just get in, like the courts, we can get in and get out if we had the right resources and the right folks in the right places. Anybody that walks into a courtroom should have a court liaison in there to represent them. They should not have yeah. to speak for themselves. Yes, and I'm we just sure. need that. We need That's the resources. Good. That's all. Yes. We need to implement. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to come with a specialty, a special, a specialty person for every group, and that means attorneys. We're gonna, we're gonna try. I'm gonna do my best to design it. 
where we'll have every available resource to be able to get it and have people who want to people who want to do it to help. Not not just because they want to get paid, but because they want to see other people you know, surviving like them, you know, making it like right. them because it happens. We help we help each other. It's it's gotten really monotonous that we don't. We can only help each other when we're doing something bad or we looting. But let's 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 get together and work on something to build because you know what they're they're trying to make us extinct. I mean they're, they're I mean that's it's right. Gonna be it's just gonna be the rich people. The rest of us, and I mean for all of us, there's no and they've been lies or we're we're just gonna just fade away. <laughs> and, and they've been have the whole world. And they've been erasing our they've been erasing our history for a long time. It's because we we haven't we haven't established our own society, and it can be done. That's right. That's right. You know, I, I love I love just talking politics. I love to hear women talk about this stuff. Usually, I'm so I'm so I sit up and talk to my brothers all the time about this stuff. Now I'm hearing two women talking about it. That's a good thing. It's talking politics. As Doctor. Where are we still on the phone? Dr. Judy. Was that Dr. Judy? Because somebody got Dr. Murray down Hey, here. Dr. Judy. I've well, been Dr. trying to get her Oh, so is that Dr. Judy? Do you have any words to say, any last words? Because I'm going to go off the air. You know, I'm letting everybody say the little words. You know, we're yeah, trying to watch. Dr. Judy's out there. I'd love to get with her. I mean, uh, if she was shooting me her information, I'd like to talk to her. You know, I'm sitting at my board. Yeah. We'll, we'll make we'll we'll make the connection. <clears throat> yes, please, please. I'm willing to work any kind. I'm willing to work. I mean, I'm just I'm willing to listen and just you know just we just get it done because I know we can. You know and that's I mean? me. And I'm at that point now. We need to just get it done. So I hope I wasn't so rude to the guy that was on the phone because I hate walking through that 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 memory of all the problems that have been going on. Since slavery, you know, yes, they're trying to erase our history, and that is their way of stealing our our, our inheritance. But we can get it back. Okay. I know where you're coming from. Yep. Yeah, you know, you know what? It's good that we could be able to talk about it because, see, you know, we all were distorted. None of us had anything to do with whatever past history had to do. You know, we were just all victims. Everybody was victims, and there were so many people that struggled and died. You know, for just the, the the making of this this country, and now it's it's like all that you your ancestors and that means all race ancestors put into it. They they just want to control it, and that means that we can't have anything of it. And it, it it's it's really monotonous. They're, they're they're really working it through the media. You know, I mean, I have a show too. My show's real estate talk too. I mean, it's none of that influences of what goes on on TV and. All of that is, you know, I have no problems with my black people out there being entertainers and doing what they do, mm-hmm. but they have to start taking something, taking some kind of, Tyrese, he's taking some type, you know, he knows he does what he does, but he takes out the time, even Tyler Perry takes out the time to talk on Facebook, if it's a video or whatever, to say, hey, you know what, what you guys see out here, this is not the life. You, I, they don't even like, I mean, Tyrese doesn't even like half the people he does movies with. You know, he doesn't like that environment. He doesn't do drugs. I mean, we need to start glorifying things like that, glorifying, you know, I mean, you know, I hate gangs. And, and I mean, it's one thing. To te- it's time to tell the side of the story of the people who were hurt and damaged in it. You know, like how Lorenzo is doing, uh, like he does his, his videos and his, his documentaries. Those people are telling their story. They're, they're telling people so they so kids can hear it, not to say, oh, I'm going to go out and gang bang, but, oh, wow, it's like that. You know, you got to shock them into some type of 
understanding, you know, because oh. whooping them ain't going to help it. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you whoop them, then the system going to take you and take you to jail. There we go. You go to jail. <laughs> Then they get used to a bump when they're ready to fight. Because I'm a tough. I was ready to fight. My mother with me so much, I couldn't wait to go fight somebody and let it out. I would have to win a fight when I got out. You know, like I said, I appreciate everybody calling in tonight. Uh, 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 yeah, one more time, I just the last person to say something. If they ain't said that, but if you have spoke, you can speak one Mr. more Kenneth, yeah. I just want to appreciate it. I just want to shout out. Calling in, really. Uh, this has been an exciting show. This is T25CL.com, Goddessy Talk Radio. Uh, um, you can actually get the, app, you can get the app on your phone or on your computer. Uh, we can be, we're in a way, we're Skyping now. You can Skype in now. Uh, I'd rather let Rosin tell that part. Then I'm going because, you know, shut out the show after she make the announcements and stuff for me, you know, about T25 and the other shows that goes on throughout the week. Rosin, are you still on the line? Yes, I'm here. I'm here, Lorenzo. Um, of course, we have our show uh, Wednesday night coming up. Um, but Tuesday night, we have Barbara McGee, Straight Talk from the Hired Brush. Uh, she'll be on tomorrow night. She always has great innovative shows as well. Uh, my show is going to be on Wednesday. On Wednesday, I'm going to have uh, going to be in the entertainment industry. I've got the lead singer of the Manhattan, Gilbert uh, Gerald. I'm sorry, Gerald Austin. Going to have a, an all-star panel. It's going to be, uh, of course, Gerald Austin of the Manhattans, Keith Soul of Persuaders, Norman Carter of the Delphonics, and of course, Miss Brenda Lee Ager, former singer with Jerry Lee Butler. So I'm um, mm-hmm. yeah, Butler. So it's going to be a great show on Wednesday, and of course, you know, shows on Monday night. But we're looking forward to having Dr. Judy's show. Her show is going to be on Thursday night. So uh, and hers going to start next next month in November. So it's going to and be what time? Month. And what and what time are these shows? Okay, these all these shows start at seven thirty. Okay, seven thirty, and we can send ten thirty Eastern time. Seven thirty, yeah, seven thirty Pacific Standard Time, ten thirty Eastern Time. Thank you. Yeah. And everybody have different codes. So somewhere, somehow, y'all can go to T25CL.com, go to the Galaxy, uh, Galaxy Talk radio block, and then you go to content, you know, whatever, whatever shows that we all show, content politics, Robin Corner, everything is going to pop up once you go to T25CL.com. Exactly, exactly. And you can get the access codes and the caller ID from the website. Yes. Okay. So I want to appreciate everybody for calling. I really appreciate tonight. This was a very, very exciting night, very well educational. You can go back in about another hour at 25CL.com, Galaxy Talk Radio, go to Compton Politics, and you can pull the audio, the MP3, and play it over and over and over in your cars and your phone at your churches. You have to office your guy and you don't listen to the radio no more. Turn to my return to T25CL.com. Get the app on your phone right now, T25CL. Uh, app on your phone. You can always have it. It's a 24-hour radio station, tr- truly a 24-hour uh, uh, radio mm-hmm. station, like Spotify, just like Pandora. Mm-hmm. You can play music just like on the radio. We play all the top music. We also play independent music. So it's a worldwide distribution company. I want to thank everybody. I'm going to sign out. You know how mm-hmm. I do it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to say uh, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Uh, five, four, three, two, Thank one. Compton. Compton. Yeah. Yeah.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.